And so I felt the need so personally, I saw it manifesting within others, even if they hadn't gotten there yet. And so I just started talking about it and I started socializing the idea and the concept. I like quickly did a little bit of math, which in retrospect was so wrong, but <laughs> I, I had enough of an idea of like how it could work. Yeah. And then I took baby steps. I got a piece of advice very early on from a serial entrepreneur friend of mine. He's like, just keep making one decision at a time that moves the company forward. And so it wasn't like people always ask me, was there like one moment that you jumped in and they're actually, I can pinpoint one that was maybe like, you know, signing our first lease that was very jump in. But up until that point, I could do a lot without having to like risk it all. And yeah. I did it all while I was working at another company. And so one step at a time. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it listeners. So I believe so much in paying attention, what strikes your fancy, what gets your attention, what gets your mind thinking. And, um, you know, it's hard for our minds to wander in our, our busy lives. And thank you for listening to this podcast on your walk or on your drive. But, you know, sometimes we don't even, we don't have a lot of time just to think. Um, and so I was driving with Brad cross country and he was asleep and I was listening to a podcast. And today's guest was on that podcast and I was obsessed with her. Like, I was like, oh my God, this woman is amazing. Um, like she is not letting the things that I hear all the time stop her. So her name is Helene Knapp. She is the founder of City Row and she was not a fitness instructor when she started a fitness company. She was also uh, not certified in rowing when she started this fitness company. She was a consumer who was solving her own problem. And I say that because some of you, are busy working on something, trying to make something work. And it, and it might actually not be the thing. The thing might be the other problem that you have that you have to solve. And we get a little hung up sometimes on, well, I've spent so much time on this thing. I've got to do this thing. This is where I got my degree in. <laughs> this is where my resume says I should be. And what if you just followed the thought process of the problem that you have that you've been trying to solve for yourself? Well, I can tell you a little bit because actually Helene's going to tell you in this interview, you're going to hear how she became the founder of City Row, which is not a one boutique shop in New York. It is happening all over the country um, in the States, and they have an awesome at-home app. And she's freaking phenomenal and super inspiring. And her Be It Action items are useful, unique, probably free, unless you unless you need to go hire someone to discover yourself. But I can't wait for you to hear her voice and get inspired by her and her honesty and what she's doing. And she's eight years in on this business. And you know it's not easy. It's not easy, but um, don't stop yourself before you get started. All right. So here she is, Helena. All right. Where are my reformer lovers at? I got something for you this June. Okay. So here's the deal. Control balance off on the reformer and other advanced exercises can really scare the heck out of you if you don't feel like you were born a gymnast or if you just don't feel like you can get upside down. And so I decided to create a week-long program 
It's free where we're going to actually break down this exercise to help you find the control balance off that works for you. You'll have an incredible community, daily support of tips, tools, strategies, three live classes, and extra tutorials and classes to support you on this journey in one week to help you go from what the heck is this exercise to somewhere along the lines of getting on and off. Some of you will get all the way off, some of you will get all the way back on, somewhere I'll be somewhere in between, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, this program is free, the Control Your Balance Challenge, and so sign up at onlinepliesclasses.com slash control. All right, Viet listeners, I have a very special woman for you. I might say special a lot, but this one, I actually listened to her on another podcast while driving through Florida, which is a really long drive. It didn't think it would be that long, but I listened and I was like immediately DMing, <laughs> like going, th- I'm going past all the things to get a hold of her because I just had to have her on to talk to you about who she is and what she rocks at. So Helene Knapp, thank you for being here and um, taking time to tell everyone what you're doing. So if you don't mind, can you share with them who who you are and why you're amazing? <laughs> Thank you. What an intro. I'm very happy to be here and getting to know you and the entire audience. Um, yeah, so quick and dirty, Helene Knapp, founder and CEO of a company called City Row. We are rowing-based fitness, but really just smart fitness for the average consumer who's trying to trying to get it all in. Cardio, strength, mobility, flexibility, stretch, you get it. Um, how can we get that for you in 20 minutes? And so I ended up starting a rowing company that I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about. Yeah. So first of all, I love that because my 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 Pilates classes online are 30 minutes and I'm like, finishing is optional, everyone. Like you can just press play. And if you stop before it's over, you still got your full body workout in the day. So I love that you're like, how do we do all of that in 20 minutes? Because it is so hard to get have time to do all the things. So a way to solve the problem. Was this a problem that you had or... <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely a problem that I had. So I built my career in in the tech world in New York City. And so that meant that I was running around like a lunatic, you know, selling, you know, talking to clients. I was, you know, taking in-person meetings. I was hustling emails. I was trying to build my network and my career, also to tend for friends and a social life. And I loved working out. It was something I fell in love with after college. I was actually much of a bit of a chubbier kid growing up. And Going up school in the Midwest did not help me on the fitness journey. And so it was after college that I just fell in love with leading a healthy lifestyle and also the college weight. And when I started working a lot more and seeing a lot more opportunity to, you know, make a larger career, get some commission sales, all of a sudden it was just harder for me to leave my desk at the end of the day. And so I became a boutique fitness fanatic. As much as I could afford it, I was taking classes all over New York City. I had a personal trainer as like once or twice a month, whenever I could afford it. And it was really kind of through, you know, I unfortunately like I got an injury after taking all these fitness classes and found myself with a really bad lower back injury that forced me to be sidelined. Oh, I feel, I, I feel like that is kind of the thing, like the injury just sidelines all of us, even those of us who are not famous Olympic athletes, like your, your own athlete. And when you get sidelined and the things that you did to make you feel good, get you, you have time to think and wonder a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we're not, we're not Olympic athletes yet. Yet. Right? We're, 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 <laughs> you we're, and we're I, we're going to be on that rowing team. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I think that uh, I, we would be better off with a couple other sports, but we can talk about that offline. Um, yeah, I was, I was sidelined and it was so frustrating because in my mind I was doing everything right. I, I pride myself on being a conscientious human in the world, you know, constantly trying to do my best and trying to do what's right and ended up 
with wearing a back brace, like full on Romeo and Michelle high school reunion style. Whoa. And yeah. Yeah. Love that description. <laughs> yeah. Three herniated discs at 24, mm. which really pissed me off because I really thought that I was doing everything right and working out like so much and taking these classes. But you know, the sidelining really forced me to look at what I was doing and very quickly realized that not all movement was created equal. I don't need to tell you that, yeah. but yeah, it was just like, it, but it was an eye opening, right? I think it, you have to kind of go along your fitness maturity to a certain point when you realize that there's not all movement is created equal. Yeah. Right? I think this will get there on uh, on nutrition faster, right? Not all calories are created equal, right? <laughs> But not all movement is created equal. And I think when you're first entering that fitness journey, all movement is good, right? Walk, elliptical, do whatever it's going to take. And then when you start adding a lot of volume and how do I work out three, four, five, six, seven, eight days a week, right? All of a sudden, you have to be a little bit more intentional with how you move your body. And it's really easy to start breaking it down. And so what I uncovered is I was in my 20s and 30s and I had an injury. And all my friends were injured too. And I was like, how are we going to do this guys? We only have one body. Like we got to be a little bit smarter. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, I love that you bring that up because also when you're in your twenties, you do have this extra energy to do. Like I used to take two hot yoga classes back to back. I can't even go out in the heat in Vegas anymore. I'm like, Ooh, that's too much. When I hear people doing hot yoga here, I'm like, are you kidding? So I used to do like two or three hours at the gym because I worked there and I injured myself um, running. And, you know, running is kind of like, it's normal. It's like, it's not really that difficult to go out for a run, but of course I broke my leg doing it. So, (laughs) but I, but I hear you like there's, there's, uh, there's an element of needing balance and the uh, proper amount of different types of movement. And then also like, if you don't have the core foundation to do all the things you're doing and you're young and you're able to do them, you can start to develop things that like three herniated discs girl at 24, that's way too young. It was, it was way too young. And I think it was just, it was so jarring for me because fitness had become a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was taking all these spin classes and I loved it. I loved it. I loved that heat. I loved the energy. And then when knees came on, I think all the discs just flew out of my back because I started aggressively dancing on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the strong the strongest core in the world. And I was forgiving, I, I was forgoing form to be able to make sure that I hit every tap back perfectly and combination of many other things too. I happen to be really tall. I'm super hyper flexible, you know, everyone's body's different, but it really kind of was eye opening to me. And the, in the notion of like, is there a way that I can get the cardio and the strength training I'm looking for? I've always loved personal training. Couldn't always afford it in yeah. that much time, but like loved and understood the power of lifting a weight. Yeah. Um, not just for weight loss purposes as a, as a former chubby kid, that's always a goal of mine, but also for his overall health and longevity, realized how quickly, how important it was for women, especially women, especially yes. Ladies, if you're listening and you're not doing some weight strengthening, like body weight resistance is great, but you got to add, you got to add some heavy weights in there. I promise you it's going to make like when I heard it makes menopause easier. I was like, throw me the weights. Where are they? Hold on. I've heard this is hell. Where's the (laughs) way? Yeah. (laughs) I'll start now. (laughs) I think we're being realistic in that. We're not saying go lift 50 pounds. We're saying like, use five, use eight, get yourself up to tens, twelves, and fifteen. Yeah. Lower body, upper body, find the right, you know, coach through you with that. And that's a huge part of what we do is also introduce people 
to proper strength training movements that are part of a hit class. And so I wanted the cardio, obviously who doesn't love cardio, right? Of course. Uh, Strength training. And then I wanted three other things that I found were traditionally being, um, being really compromised in a lot of these high intensity classes in New York city. I wanted to have a positive impact on my mobility. Yeah. I wanted to have a positive impact on my flexibility and my stretching. And so to me, I went in with this really fucking high bar. You're like, I need, uh, all, this has to have all these things. So were yeah. you, so were you looking at, were you like making a list to go look and find that it existed or were you thinking I'm going to create this is where it. So it started by me saying, you know, my doctor was like, you need a low impact workout. Mm. And I, I, I quickly learned what, how important that was. And I was like, man, everyone needs a low impact workout. We just don't know it yet. And then I was looking for a low impact workout that was also high intensity. And it was actually, it was right there that I got stopped, mm-hmm. that there was really nothing out there that was both high intensity, meaning torching calories, really fun, great music, but that was also low impact on my body and my joints. That did not exist. Yeah. And then I obviously wanted to layer on a couple other things. I'm a bit of an overachiever. And so <laughs> I see you. Really- I'm, I'm over yeah. here. Welcome to the yeah. overachievers club. <laughs> we, we say we're recovering here. We, we try to be in recovery. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm close, Leslie. You might be a couple couple steps ahead of me, but <laughs> I really it was really that moment where I was like, man, there's there's got to be some better way. I wonder if I can try and figure it out. Constant problem solver my whole life, and also I was personally really sidelined. Yeah, I am yeah. a person that needs a high intensity workout. It's mental for me as much as it is physical, and walking and doing you know, light movements on a mat, like were fantastic and really changed my body and my core, but my, my mentally, like I needed something else. Like, yeah, I, am, I understand. I am that junkie. And so I was like, really quickly, I learned that rowing was this high intensity, low impact, not to mention total body thing. Yeah. I love this rower. Like, first of all, it's, I feel like it own, I, I feel like only recently, and maybe when that maybe it's you who started it, that like people actually got, got into the rowing machine. Cause it's so much fun. <laughs> well, that's generous. Leslie, I don't think it's very fun. If I'm being honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've also never done a 20 minute version of it. I'm like two minutes, 10 calories. Boom. <laughs> I think that that's really what I saw in it. It wasn't that I loved rowing. I've never rowed a day in my whole life. It's that I saw a vision for it to be this kind of anchor Mm. within this holistic workout that was going to give me cardio and strength training and mobility and flexibility all in one. And it could anchor around the rower because it's a power exercise. And so the city row is actually it's intervals. You're never spending more than a couple of minutes on the rower. We were just using it to very quickly get your heart rate up and to keep it up throughout all of your strength training and mobility and Pilates style work on the mat. Cool. So you are sweating nonstop and it's very dynamic. So it's that heart pumping cardio that's mixed in with everything else that makes it our secret sauce. Yeah. So that's super fun. So, um, r- remind me how long ago, so you were injured at 24. How long ago did you come with this idea? How long did it take you to get started? So I had the idea for City Row in 2013 and I launched my first studio in January, 2014. I was a child. Yeah, this is amazing. So 2013, I feel like was a great year. Uh, I, everything bad happened to me and all of it was so good. So <laughs> so I love this year. Um, I, like just think of all the things that are being born in 2013. So that's really fast. Um, now, because people always have to know, 
I just went, you were not a group, you were not a fitness instructor. You were just a fitness person. You just loved fitness. And you, and so you didn't own a fitness studio. You've never owned a fitness studio. So how did you, how did you start something you've never done? (laughs) Well, I really, really didn't know what the hell to do, but I was very, very confident in personally not having something out there for me. Yeah. And so it really started with this need in the market that I felt personally. And that when I took a step back and looked at macro trends in the space, as well as talking to all my friends and realized that they were all injured in their 20s and 30s, yeah, still pushing themselves. I was very early on in the notion of like, you really can't beat your body down. Yeah. Like we take care of our one body. Yeah. And I just, I had that confrontation very early on in life. And so I felt the need so personally, I saw it manifesting within others, even if they hadn't gotten there yet. And so I just started talking about it and I started socializing the idea and the concept. I like quickly did a little bit of math, which in retrospect was so wrong, but <laughs> I, I had enough of an idea of like how it could work. Yeah. And then I took baby steps. I got a piece of advice very early on from a serial entrepreneur friend of mine. He's like, just keep making one decision at a time that moves the company forward. And so it wasn't like people always ask me, was there like one moment that you jumped in and they're actually, I can pinpoint one that was maybe like, you know, signing our first lease that was very jump in. But up until that point, I could do a lot without having to like risk it all. And I did it all while I was working at another company. And so one step at a time, let's get a website up. Let's assess demand. Let's get an article. Let's be included in like a well and good or a roundup or something. Like, let's just start doing it. Let's take conversations and learn. And then eventually it was time to sign a lease. And that took me, you know, months and months and months and months. But one small decision at a time is really how how I did it. Thank you for sharing that because I do think that people go, okay, now I have to sign the lease. And they don't do the work beforehand. And um, that work beforehand really does help you cultivate um, what it's going to become and also try out things like it's like dating. You got like before you get married and sign the lease, you got to like date it around and see how people you got to put it out there and see if people ask questions. What questions are they asking? You know, like um, all of that stuff is really important. So I do I do love that. And also that I agree, like I look back at some how the companies we started happened and there was very little like grand hurrah. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I think there was yeah. like one grand hurrah when we moved to Vegas. We're like, this is huge. This is a big leap. But but for us, it was just like doing one thing at a time. And I always had worked a different job and then made my side hustle the thing. And then when it became the hustle, then I could like let go of something. So so you've been doing this since 2014. It's almost 10 years. You're at eight years in and you have one location, two locations. How has this grown out since then? Oh yeah. So we took a couple paths. I'll, I'll answer that in a couple of different ways, but in 2016, 2017, you know, after we launched our first location, opened a couple more, we were kind of sitting there punching far above our weight class in terms of brand and who we were in the market. And we're, we're, we're rowing for the general fitness population. That's part of a, a more holistic workout. So we, we happened to hook on the rowing train, but really we're just a smart fitness yeah. solution. And our mission has always been, how can we go and be available to as many people as humanly possible? We're very, very female focused, not to mention we're three women that started the business. We only bring on female ambassadors and celebrities, Love this. but we're 
We're also built for the female body, which is high, wildly different than the male body. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm the only female founder in this connected fitness world, which is how we built this, which is insane. But Hey, women's bodies, like we need some different stuff. So yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't, and it's like, I was listening to a podcast where a guy was telling women about different things. And I'm like, why are we taking advice from a dude? No offense. He's very smart, but like, ladies, we need to know about how to train for our bodies and we need to be the experts in it. Not someone else. It's, it's crazy. And listen, like, I think as, as a, as a female founder, entrepreneur, someone who's raised a lot of money, we're, we're constantly navigating in a world that wasn't built for us, but we are making small changes every day to try and make the world work for us or to try and create a new world. That's how I like to think about I it. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so we took a step back in 2017. I was like, where do I want to grow the business? There's a lot of cool things happening. I could raise a lot of money and open more corporate locations, could do a franchise model. Also, this digital thing is really interesting to me. And so when I looked at what I wanted to do with the business. I knew I wanted to grow our our retail footprint and open more locations. The plan here was never to do just a couple. Um, I come from the tech startup world. So to me, I was like, we're on the fucking train and we're going to go. And I, uh, I really, really liked what I saw in the early days of digital fitness. And that meant the early numbers of the Peloton and some cool things that I was seeing there. And you also have to take a step back and say, what are we uniquely positioned to win at? where do we have an unfair advantage? And I knew that for us, that was going to be technology because my co-founder and I met at a tech company. I love building technology. I also love monthly and annual recurring revenue. Not to mention, I knew that our modality of this you know, growing hit class with strength training work was going to translate incredibly well into the at-home setting where the hypothesis was that we were going to have a much shorter attention span. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, we can jam our fab five into a 20 minute workout. This is going to be perfect for the at-home consumer because nobody wants to go and do an hour long workout at home. At least I don't. And I am the consumer. I've never taught a class. I'm yeah. just the consumer. You keep saying this. And I think it's really important for people to listen to this part. You are solving your problem. Like everything you've done is solving your problem. And that is you know, that is really the key. I think people think they're trying to solve a problem for like, that's what they see out, like maybe think about or what they perceive. But it's like, actually, if you just solve your own problem, if you can create that thing, you can, there's people out there, you're not the only one. So I think it's really cool. And I agree. Um, I do one yoga class a week online at home and it is live, which is the only reason I can show up because I'm like, this is an hour. (laughs) I hold on. Are we shavasana early? When is, when is that happening? (laughs) I'm I'm with you. We're 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 coming from the same plot. And like to your point, we are not all that special, right? There's a lot of people just like us that have similar feelings and needs and voids in their life. Um, so that's very much how I built the business. And so while I saw this early trend in digital and I knew we wanted to bet there early, and we did, we launched our first rower. Um, but our our secret sauce is really our content and our app. And so at our core, we're a content creator, and so mm-hmm. we have we have on-demand and live classes. Cool. Now we have like 15 different class types circling around the rower because it's still a vehicle for this perfect hit class, but also complementary workouts, whether it's yoga, Pilates, boot camp, more all rowing classes. Because once you get into it, you kind of want to see what you can do on that thing. 
And it's really, really, really good. Heart I love a pike. I love putting my hands on the floor, feet on the, on the seat. And just like, I, there's just something about that. I feel like it's going to help me do a handstand someday. Like a gymnast, I'm just going to pop up into it. I know it's probably not. It definitely could. I'm not sure that's how the rubber should be used, Leslie, but we could talk about that offline. <laughs> good point. Good point. Good point. So that's really cool. So you did that in 2017. So you're like well ahead of like people actually starting to use, you know, um, at home equipment as a thing, like before the pandemic is what I mean. Yep. So we were very much ahead of the curve. And so we had our first rower in market with our iOS and Android app going into the pandemic. Um, we also, though, in 2017, knew that we wanted to expand our, our physical studio footprint and so partnered with a franchise development company. And we sold about 65 units across the country very quickly. And we had about eight or nine of those open, just open, heading into COVID. And so wow. truly hitting on this omni-channel, meet the customer where they are, uh, ethos in, into who we are. And so obviously past two years have been super up and down in, in both areas of the business, but the whole category is continuing to grow. And that's what our team, our investors are all pretty bullish on is that studios are coming back in a meaningful way. People are hungry Huge. for experiences. Yeah. In it, it's, in, it's insane. Sorry to cut you off, but like, because I, I coach so many instructors, the obviously with the pandemic, so many teachers went online and now that things are opening up, I'm like, I promise you it is so much easier to build a brick and mortar right now because <laughs> people are really, the people who loved in-person fitness are hungry for it and they're showing up and they're, and because they f- saw what happened to two in two years of not being able to do it, they're like not missing. It is really crazy and insane. So I'm, so have you been able to open up new ones since the pandemic or is, is it just the ones that you had signed on before? How is that going? Combination. So, you know, some of them didn't make it through and really hard and challenging. And I definitely shed a couple of tears as these are people that I was really excited to build a business with. And we also opened a couple. So for, for instance, our Richmond, Virginia franchisee opened her second location. Plainview opened during Del Mar, California opened during the pandemic. Um, and we're going to continue to open a lot more stores over the coming years. Uh, and for us right now, it's how do we how do we continue to build back up those studios in that community in, in a meaningful way, uh, and then figure out where we want to go next. All the while, really integrating our digital community with that of the in person because a digital community is fantastic. But the second that you can go and touch and feel something in the flesh you're going to have a much deeper and real connection to that. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I love the metaverse is here. I'm whoever's excited about that as am I in some ways, but there's, there's nothing that's ever going to replicate, right? Connected at home fitness was built because people needed to figure out how to get the days four, five, six, seven, eight yeah. <laughs> into their week. Or they physically could not get to the, the studio. Yeah. Right. But for m- most of the average consumer, they are not going to motivate themselves and push themselves as hard at home as they will within a room full of other people. Now, different psyches do better. I actually think that men probably do a lot better at home, just the way that their brains work than women. We love being around other people, right? We're motivated by other people and we're a little bit competitive. I'm the fucking owner of this company. I have a rower sitting right next to me and I have never hit a low split time that I could possibly get in a studio. <laughs> I turned into a superhuman in the studio. <laughs> I hear you on that because I, well, you know, um, I bought weights during the pandemic and I was like, okay, I'm going to work myself out. I got some programs. I'm doing some online stuff. And 
I went like, oh, the dogs need breakfast. Oh, this, you know, <laughs> like all of us, there's so many distractions. Um, so I do much better with a, like they're like, I'm showing up at a time for something, even if it's at home, but in person is still one of my favorite ways to work out with group classes. It's just way more, it feels like a group class because that's what it is. So, um, I have, so you're, I mean, like it's crazy at 24, you're like, okay, I'm going to start this thing, which is amazing. And, um, I love the confidence that a a young 20 something has, so I can understand how you could be the CEO of a company (laughs) of something you've never done before. But now with there's so many experiences you've had to work this business through that no one had to, no one had to do a pandemic before. So that's something different. And then also to go from like one location to like all these extra locations, all these new locations and an app. How, what is it? How do you like talk to your, talk to yourself and like becoming this next thing, running a company of something that you haven't done yet? Do you know what I mean? So it really started in like before I even opened the first location or even had the idea. It it all comes back to self-awareness and knowing what you are good at, but more importantly, knowing what you're not good at. And if there's like one superpower that I have that, you know, I was finally starting to realize in my mid-20s that I'm a really, really, really good problem solver and navigator. And layer that in with an ability to network and find the right person to ask for help that I just was ready to bet on myself because I did not know what was going to be around the corner, but I knew that I could probably figure it out. Right. And that came from personal experience. It came from feedback that I got, you know, positive feedback from bosses and mentors throughout the years. And so I was ready to bet on myself and jump in. Right. You never know how cold the water is going to be or what's going to be lurking below. But I knew that I was going to figure out how to navigate it. And so I kind of always come back to that notion. And now that I've been doing this for eight years, man, have I navigated through some crap and stuff that like is just mind blowing. Like all of our credit cards were shut off. We've run out of money many times, like every problem you can possibly imagine from legal to personnel, we've been through it. And so now it's a combination of that early confidence and betting on myself to be able to navigate it. But two, I've, you, I've pulled rabbits out of the hat. I've done it. I figured it out. Like, this is just one more. This is just one more. We have a bigger team. There's more people behind us. And so it's constantly leaning on that. But the one piece of advice I would say would be not to pretend to be who you're not and to be very, very aware of where your strengths are and make sure that that matches to whatever the initiatives are that you want to embark on. And if you're not, then just be real about that. This is not for everyone. Oh, that is so good. That is, I love that so much. I, um, it's, it's something I think a lot of us don't realize that we can bet on ourselves. I think, do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's not, um, an option people actually realize is probably the best bet you can make because I had another guest on who's like, you've survived every bad thing that's ever happened to you. If you're listening to this, like you didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) you have access to the internet and you're here in a podcast, like you've survived all of it. And so, um, so I really, thank you for, thank you for saying that because, um, I think anyone who already bet on themselves, just being reminded that of that too, is like, that is a, that is a magic tool. And you're right. We, we all have strengths and some of our strengths are, uh, better suited for different roles in our own business. You know, um, I, um, last August, oh no, yeah, 
No, oh my gosh, it's been almost two years. In August of 2020, um, I hired a, a coach. A tr- she's an amazing strategist. She's actually out in your area. And she she does strategy work for like trillion dollar companies. And somehow like through the network of life, like she loved us and she's like, yeah, let's do a session. And I was like, okay, great. I'm not a trillion dollar company yet, but I appreciate you. We're going to work with you. Yeah. And she did this whole thing. And she's like, I don't know why you're the CEO because you're you're not. <laughs> And I said, I am not, I'm not the CEO of my company. I am the visionary officer of my company. Like I know where we are going and I know, I believe I can get us there. I like, when you say rabbits out of hat, I'm an ideas machine. A problem comes up. I'm like, we just need to like, what, what do we get? What's possible right now? And so my husband became the CEO because he's a natural at it. He's so good at it. And when you when we switched those roles and then I hired people around me who actually had strengths that were my weaknesses, it's you're unstoppable. And so you, then you can just live in your strengths and it's easier to bet on yourself every day because you're not constantly living in the parts of you that are like not, not good at that. <laughs> so I'm going to make yourself feel not good. Yeah. And I think so many of us want to be someone that we're not, or at least we start that way, right? As as young young women trying to be someone else. But um, I think the most important thing you can do for yourself and your happiness and your career is to be like, what am I really good at? And I learned a great example of this from one of my first bosses when I was working at Condé Nast at W Magazine, and I was a you know twenty four thousand dollar a year sales assistant. Um, <laughs> Somehow living in New York. <laughs> And not not well, um, but it was like grad school in some ways. But I remember working for this badass, badass saleswoman. And I remember saying to her, like, Kim, like, don't you want to be the associate publisher? Like, don't you want to be the publisher and run everything? And she's like, no, I am really good at this. I make a great living and I wouldn't be a good manager. And it was really, really, really eye-opening because I had been going on this notion that you got to keep climbing. But I've seen that play over many times in the in my career. And people are happier when they're in the right seat. And not everyone's happy and they don't see it all the time. But make sure you're putting yourself in the right seat. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna listen to that part over and over. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and then I'm gonna let um Helene tell you where you can stalk her, row with her, all the things. Hey Beat listeners, I am here to talk to you about Foster Care Awareness Month. It is this May and you may have remembered our guest, Barely Canadian, several episodes back and their mission to help educate people around foster care in their area and also help support foster care charities. They also have a fosterpreneur program that they're starting this summer at UCLA. And so if you are wanting to support those in foster care, check out Barely Canadian, check out the two charities that they already support and also get yourself some awesome summer sweaters and know that they are donating part of every single profit goes towards these charities to help support foster care youth. So take a look. It's May. It's Foster Care Awareness Month. And we hope that you are able to get yourself a summer sweater and support those in foster care at the same time. All right, Helene, where do people find you, row with you? Um, You've got City Row's sounds like all over and coming up all over. So how can they get more information? I'm a big Instagram fan. So highly recommend just finding us on Instagram at City Row, C-I-T-Y-R-O-W. Get to our website, cityrow.com or go.cityrow.com or find me just Helene Knapp on, I would say my two favorite social networks are Instagram Instagram and LinkedIn. Oh, amazing. Good for you on the LinkedIn. I am. Uh, that's a strength. That's a seat I'm not in. <laughs> 
I have the sure. account. It's there. And um, I'm like, you know, if someone really wants to get a hold of me, I think that they'll go on, on my website. <laughs> um, okay, you are a wealth of knowledge. Be it till you see it, action items. So bold, executable, intrinsic, or targeted things people can do to, you know, be it till you see it, be in the seat there that is meant for them. I would say get to know yourself, right? And that means something different for everyone, whether you're in a journal, maybe bring in a mirror coach of some capacity, but get to know yourself a little bit more and surround yourself with people that are on that same journey or maybe a little bit further ahead of you that can help be a support system on that. And then when you're ready, just like jump in, jump in, but be aware that it's not rainbows and butterflies. And so if you can jump in and know that the water is really cold, but also have the confidence that you're going to be able to figure it out, then you're ready. But don't go in thinking this is going to be a breeze at any point. You don't even know what's going to happen yet. True words have never been spoken. It's like my daily life. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh, Helene, I'm so uh, grateful for this time. Thank you for letting me um, snag you and your amazingness uh, for our, our listeners. Um, I hope to be in New York soon and and track you down so we can actually meet in person. But I just feel like, yes, we're woven from the same cloth and um, lots more to do in this world. So thank you for being here. Everyone listening, how are you going to use these tips, this information in your life? Screenshot this, tag City Row, tag Lane Nap, and the Be It Pod so we can see what your takeaways are. And until next time, be it till you see it. of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week that you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.